Are we what? Are, are we rocking, Will? Are we rocking? Are we rocking? Are we rocking? Are we rocking? Question of the day. Are we rocking? Are we rocking? Uh, I think so. We're here. We're here. We're we're in the channel. Then that's we're it. in the zone. That's it. Let's mention it then. This is Ghostly Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Scott L. I'm Will. This and is the internet talk show, the extreme internet <laughs> talk show. This is extreme, extreme internet paranormal talk. Paranormal talk, yeah. Friends for our pre-show understand that. The rest of you will have no clue whatsoever. Inside yeah. jokes are a key to a successful paranormal <laughs> internet talk show, by the way. <laughs> big big day, actually, today. Big yeah, day. I agree. Let's, let's totally remove the fact that we have John Anthony West coming on, who is like... <laughs> How can you remove that? Well, we are going to, because today this, is... This is like the... That, that's like a huge guess. That it's is, a sad day, though. The, well, it's a sad okay. Day. It's um, a sad day. It's a great day because we're bringing John Anthony West. Tonight. Yeah, great day. And we're going to be talking about the Sphinx. Uh-huh. All, to all kinds of and stuff. We got a lot to talk about. And all things uh, Egyptologists. Well, while we're on that, the first, let's, let's explain this. This is the first in our two-part series yes. of the mystery of the Great Sphinx. Okay. We're going to have on today, obviously, John Anthony West. And this coming Wednesday, we're having a special show. One of our special shows this month. And that will truly, truly indeed be a special show. Yeah, it's going to be a very special show. It's going to be part two of what we're going to be talking about today. John Anthony West and Dr. Robert Schock both work together on this project of the Great Sphinx, which we're going to get into in a little while. It's a sad day, though. Yes. Because, well, hey, Doug, why don't you, it's, 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 this is your baby, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you... Well, the, yeah, you'll notice that you'll notice I didn't go through the entire spiel. Right? No, we'll do it, and that's because <laughs> this is the last day uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that Ghostly Talk will be broadcast from the haunted basement. Studios. Yeah, we're moving out of the haunted basement. We will no longer be in the haunted basement studios in Fraser, Michigan. Although we're there today, we are. We're we're here today. Yeah, we're in the HBS today. <laughs> HBS. <laughs> HBS, yo. We're in the HBS. I never, not, we could have ran with that for like a year, dude. Why did you say it like, before? What's HBS? We're like, that would be HW. <laughs> <laughs> HW. No, wait, this, today is the last day, though. Today last is our day last day. We're moving. We're moving. Up we're moving. in the world. Yeah, we should have got, we should have got the good times theme, dude. We should have had that plan, right, as we were doing this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're moving out. We're moving. We're moving up to like we're going to be moving to the haunted winery in Sunny Warren, Michigan. Yes, the haunted winery in Sunny Warren, which really is only about two minutes away from here. <laughs> it's like right. It's two roads. Yeah, you a couple of roads. Yeah. You take haze, you're there. Yeah, you get stuck yeah. in a light. Three minutes. Big deal. <laughs> the good times theme or the Jefferson theme? <laughs> How about the? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you got the Jefferson theme. Do you, oh, yeah, Will is on the case. Yeah. Will's going to play it for us while we talk. Excellent. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah, that's how it went. Good times. Something like something that. Something roll. I don't know. Every time you make a difference. Good times. Good times was about what the, the guy who worked at the factory or something. Yeah, like the family. The little family, the crappy apartment. With JJ or whatever. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, okay. That's the guy. Yeah. Beat me to it. What's that? <laughs> I beat you to what? Dynamite? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. I, I'm i not up on my sitcom. All right, cool. Crank ah, it up, dude. Crank it up. All right. That's all we got, huh? That's it. That's all we got? That's all, that's all right, thanks. It'll probably mix well, so that's cool. <laughs> um, Thank so, yeah. pre-mixing that. No, let's, right. let's start this over. We're moving out of the Haunted Basement Studio. Yes, we are. We're, we're moving on up <laughs> to the east side. Finally, well, we're already on the east side. We finally got a piece of the I'm surprised this is bad. Meanwhile, all right, let's let this thing groove for a minute, dude. Will hit me. All right, in celebration of our move, we're playing the Jefferson thing. So we're gonna turn the yeah, we're gonna get really bad. Right. Then we'll be back in the Honda Basin Studio. Yeah. Thank you, Jefferson. Thank you. Woo! Yeah, alright. Yeah. Right, oh, not the MIDI version. Not the MIDI version. See, Will knew this. He planned this already. He knew this would absolutely repulse me. Thanks, Will. Is this like, okay? Is this like the full? Is this like the full like 
seven-minute version yeah, of the good... Seven-minute and three-minute of moving on up. When's the generic, like, grinding house beat going to come in behind it? <laughs> okay, well, kill that. Right. You're, you're destroying my... My whole lower inner ear canal is gone. Just it's been no removed. No longer a sad day. It's a, it's a hilarious day. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are moving. We're moving. We're moving to a whole new set. We got. We're we're buying a bunch of new equipment too. Yeah. Some big stuff. Yes, we are. So we Just, won't know anything about how to use it. Yeah. So probably next week's gonna suck. But um, <laughs> we're gonna be uh, spending like the next couple weeks getting everything tuned in, doing all this stuff. But we're making a big move. It's and we're really we're excited about it. We're gonna be. It's gonna give us a lot of new opportunities to try new things and make the show better. We mm-hmm. hope. Or make yep, it yep. worse one way or the other. No, but I, think, it'll, I, think I think it's going to be really great. I think it's only going to get better. Yeah. It's only going to get better because the, uh, the the opportunity for expansion is is there. Yeah. In the in the winery. Yeah, we and we're going to be able to do that. It's going to yeah. be, there's going to be a lot happening. We made we've dropped some big money. <laughs> Actually, Doug's dropped some big money. I yeah I Doug I money Doug money bags. Money as well, unless you pulled out Ghostly Talk account. No, actually, I pulled out the Donna L account, the Mom oh. L account. The oh, Mom, right. Mom L donated a she table. She donated the table that we're going to yeah, be broadcasting the new, on. Yeah, the new solid, yeah. rock-solid table we're going to be using. And as opposed to the... Sweet. Well, we've been through, like, two card tables, I think. <laughs> we, we have. Well, this is actually, I guess, the third table. Is we, this the third one? Well, we did use... We used to use the one table, right? We, oh, God, I remember... Yeah, we yeah, had, like, the... We had, we had the coffee table. table. A little coffee table. It wasn't even a coffee table. It was a TV tray. It was like a TV tray that we broadcast. Sculpt this, people. I think it's around here somewhere. Here's some ghostly talk trivia. Oh, for it's you. right there behind the. Yep, uh, there it is. The It'll yeah. in the halls of infamy, right there. When we first started broadcasting this show, not too many people know this. What we used to do is oh, we didn't we didn't have like cool goosenecks or any like cool gear, so we had these like little like three inch mic stands with a microphone holder thing, you know, a clip on there, right? Right. We had dirt cheap microphones from yeah. Radio Shack. As yeah. Well. Yeah. And what we did is we we tried we we tried actually like broadcasting from the table with all the gear, and I'm like, well, I, I can't see you, Doug. I can't right. feel you when I can't see you. Right. you know, I, I got we gotta look at each can't other. Can't work. Yeah, we can't do way. this thing. Yeah. So what we gotta do is find a way to like set up so we can look at each other. All right, that was good time. Good time. Yeah, all right. Dang, dude. Anyways, I'll just talk over this thing. All right. That's cool. Well, keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. It's all right. So we used to take this tr- this this TV tray, one of the, those wooden ones you can buy at any of the chain crappy retail stores. They're at like the dollar store, but they're like nineteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. Nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we we folded out. We folded out. We found an old computer box that you didn't, weren't using anymore. An old PC box, right? Just it had no guts in it or anything like that. It wasn't even being used. So we we take the TV tray, throw the stupid computer box on there, and then put the mics on there so it'd be level with our mouths. Right. right? And that's how we did the show for like God, like a oh, year, year and a half, like something. Yeah. Um, and then we said, and, "Hey." And I think if you listen to the archives, you can you can hear like the metallic. See, the like thud, now, the now you can hear the thuds of you know like a, a wood a wooden table. Yeah. But but you know whenever we'd set our drinks down or anything like that. Yeah. We we would. Uh, how come I can't hear myself? I don't know. I sh- do you hear? I hear. Me? I hear you fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Um, but it w- but you would hear a metallic thud. Yeah. And that was because. You hear yourself. Th- Talk, huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> I often talk to myself in my headphones. <laughs> I don't want to know what goes on when we're not here. Oh no, I discuss physics. No, anyway. we had yeah, we had this metal box. It was a computer box. We used to, you know you could hear like the, if you listen. Well, we yeah. have the thirteen original archives. You can hear the. Thudding. Oh, I got yelled at about them this past weekend. Did you? Bonnie wants the thirteen. She wants them. I have them archived. Can you give them to her? Yeah, sure. I I'll cut them. Forgetting and she'll I'll cut them. Yeah, it's not a problem. So we did me if I don't get them to her somehow. I think we moved to an, a, uh, like a like a soft rubbery yeah. type card table. It was soft and mushy. It yeah. was and it was nice, but it was really flimsy it was and flimsy we're, it, was, it was like it was yeah. like trying to ride like a like a, like a dinghy boat in the water right. trying to like do the show and you're like following your mic around with your mouth and stuff it just it was ridiculous and then we in, uh, now if I'm correct Doug this was your grandfather's table it was table. my grandfather's coffee yeah, table when yeah. He passed or, uh, card table I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, when he passed on mm-hmm. this is something we that came, you, you guys got this it and, and the fan okay yeah the yeah. fan that keeps me cool <laughs> I'm the only one really, that really uses it but uh you, I saw this table one day, and I'm like, dude, this table's sweet. It's like rock solid. Let's use this thing. So we've been using this ever since then. Yep. I don't know how long, but now, now, what we have at the Haunted Winery 
is like really cool because it's yeah. like it's like a six foot long like table with like gold inlays that say like ghostly talk on it yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We had like a professional like gold inlayer come from Europe over to do the table, right? To like you know put our like we have like each like where we sit at like where we're gonna sit at actually has like you know our names there and stuff like that like, in gold, yeah. and it says ghostly talk down the side of it. It's really cool. It's gonna be really it's sweet. sweet. Yeah, it's it a really interesting sweet. table. It's it's like six foot long, three foot wide, eight hundred pounds. It's like just ridiculous. Um, but we think it's gonna it's gonna work out pretty well. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> actually, it was a card table by Echoes, but, <laughs> but it's a big card table. It's yeah, a, I think it is solid. Well, once you get over like three foot, it's like considered a banquet table. Then I think that's like the rule. Oh. So, so now they call it a banquet table. It's a table. banquet table. Okay. So, yeah, um, that's like the big table. Well, maybe what we'll do, you know, when we get things like all squared away and we get things up and running, maybe we'll take a picture of it and throw it up oh, on the picture. front page just to show everybody, like, that's okay, this is we... where we're at. This is home now. This is where we work from. Yeah. It might be something cool to check out. Maybe uh, we'll throw a picture up for everybody to look at. But um, that's going to be happening this week. Uh, our, our Actually, our next show, the special show we have this coming Wednesday with Dr. Robert Chalk is going to be... From the, the winery. first one from the from the Warren Winery. So we're going to have to, like, actually, Will, and I want to make sure you're part of this, too. We do have to give Doug a round of applause because he's donated his basement for, God, what, pushing four years this now. Is the fourth year. Four years yeah. he's done this. Thank he's, he's, you. You've, you've made this contribution for us idiots to come over here and tear up your house every weekend. So now you get to do it to my house. <laughs> Great. We can't wait. Well, I, I, I have a feeling things will stay pretty well organized because here we've got to set up and tear down. Yeah, well, that's one of the big things we're going to... And there, you've set aside that wall, that whole wall... Yeah, yeah. ...in the winery to um, be just ghostly talk. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it doesn't have to be set up and torn down, set up, torn down. And we're hoping that's going to improve things, because every week we... I mean, this is... I mean, people don't know this, but every week we come here, and so the only drag about doing ghostly talk is just that. <laughs> we come here, we talk for like three days, because we just keep putting it off and putting it off, because we, we know we're going to have to play with like pounds and pounds like, of oh, wires. five minutes to seven. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do this. So the only drag about doing ghostly talk is just that, having to hook everything up. Now what we're going to be doing is it's going to all be stationary all the time, um, and hopefully that's going to improve the sound quality because, you know, we're, we've been fighting with levels for the last year here with all of our new equipment and stuff. So it's part of hopefully improving things for you, the listener, and, you know, make it a little bit easier on us, the broadcaster, too. So I all around the sound quality cool. there is going to be better. I, I just think it's, it's, uh, it's a win-win-win situation. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. We're looking real forward to it. We win, guests win, listeners win. I just think it's amazing. Yeah, so, so that's going to be happening this week. Big thing, big thing, big yep. move, all that fun stuff. The big move's going to happen tonight, apparently. Uh, Will's going to load up the box yeah. <laughs> and then throw it in his truck and then drive it to the house and that's it. You know, right. So we're good to go. Yeah, the only mobile part's going to be the Vonage because mm-hmm. the Vonage is going to have to move back and forth every every week. Yeah. Well, sometimes a couple times a week because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're having all these special shows this month. Anyway, yeah. Ghostly Talk is currently broadcast <laughs> from the Haunted Basement Studios, yeah. although this is the last time for that, uh-huh. and uh, every Sunday night from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. It is the 16th, I believe, of July. Today? Today? No. Is it the 16th? Today is like the 10th, man. Today's the 10th. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Hmm. Today's the 10th. What does my phone say? Today's the 10th. Oh, my phone says the 10th. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> my phone says the 10th. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the 10th of July. 10th of July. Yes. I'm sorry. I lost six days. What happened? Should have had that volume before. The I know. God, man. <laughs> I, I glanced. Uh, I glanced down, and it's in like. Remember old? Uh, look at this. Do you remember old computer print? Oh God, yeah. You know, made up of dots. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how that looks. And, oh yeah. And it does look kind of like the 16th if you just glance because of the slash and the zero. Yeah, this is a really nice phone. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-two ninety-nine. Anyway, the <laughs> we went our our our. What is it? Well, Doug, you have more to say here. I think there's more going on here that you want to discuss. I want to stop and let you do that. Well, the only thing I wanted to say <laughs> was pretty much all that. Plus, we're broadcast live on uh, on the Pioneer Radio Network. That's mm-hmm. Pioneer Rolo R O L O dot net. Mm-hmm. We're also broadcast on other fine stations such as in- Indie Music Exchange. My, I went away again in my headphones. Why do I keep losing myself in my own headphones? I don't know. Do you hear me? Fine. You're still there, yeah. You're still there. All right. Well, then I'll keep going. Weird, weird. Your ears are going in and out. We're also on Radio New York coning. International. I need a coning. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. We're also on Radio New York International. Yes, Radio New York Good friends of ours. We're, we're live on those. We're also broadcast dead or um, 
in replay mm-hmm. uh, on many other stations. Yeah, that we don't even know about. Track of. Yeah, yeah, we don't really. I mean, we so try to keep in contact with them. But currently broadcast Ghostly Talk. Email us. Yeah, say hi. No, because we want to put you on our on one of our pages. Yeah, we have a whole page put aside now for people. We want to put our banners up. Yes. And hopefully they'll, they'll be doing that, that testing out of Salida, California. Real soon. I hope so. Real soon. Big thing going on. Really, really big. So if this is the first one for that test, mm-hmm. hi, everybody in Salida. <laughs> Our big contest we're having right now. Contest, yes. Very, 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 very impressed with some of the submissions we've had so far. We basically decided to have a goofy Photoshop contest who could make the, the, the coolest, I guess, funniest, coolest, whatever, um, Photoshop to, like, advertise for Ghostly Talk. And what we're going to do, this is what I have... You know, as, as great as these have been, and these are absolutely phenomenal, and mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of chuckles and, and really enjoyed the, the amount of work, especially yeah, the yeah. one of, you know, Scott L. on the wall, the graffiti <laughs> Scott L. But, I mean, there's so many cool submissions, but mm-hmm. from the earlier days in, in, the, in the pictures section, mm-hmm. there's one that stays in my head... And has been in my head forever. What's that? And it's the one where somebody photoshopped Ghostly Talk Sunday night, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. Eastern Time or something. Yeah. On a church sign. Oh, yeah. You know what? That, that, there's actual program for that. On oh, some okay. Website. Okay. Somebody. Yeah, I think, I think they, I forgot who that was, but I think they put, like, listen to Ghostly Talk on Sunday nights and, like, put Dash God. Oh, <laughs> under that it. was yeah. it. That That's was it. Dash yeah. God. And, oh, my gosh. I thought that was insanely hilarious. Well, the big, I mean, the prize, we're, I mean, we're kind of playing this by ear right now. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, when we set this thing up, I kind of wanted to see, you know, just how many people would get involved with this. Because not everybody visits the site, like, you know, every single day. Sometimes they come a week later. Sometimes they come every two weeks or whatever. So I wanted to give everybody a chance to do their thing. So we're kind of letting this thing go for a little while. I don't have a deadline, which we've had a lot of people jump right on the ball and take care of it and get stuff up there. But I want to give it some more time. The prize that you're going to get. Now, this is the, I mean, it's on the site, but, I mean, this is a hookup in my opinion. I mean, you're getting a lot of really cool stuff. Jeff Bellinger's, oh, God, I totally forgot the name of the book. My brain stopped. Well, his book. Hey, well, go to the Ghost of Talk homepage. <laughs> I don't want to slaughter the guy's book, because Jeff's really cool. He's uh, from, what, Haunted America? No. Um, we'll find out website. Here. With Jeff the book, Will. he does the, that, like, incredibly huge website. Well, Jeff Jeff has this up on his website now, too. Oh, broadcasting. okay. Communicating with the Dead. Yeah. Communicating with the Dead. Jeff Bellinger's Communicating with the Dead. Bellinger. You get a free copy What's of that. his website? I don't know if I have that up there yet. No, but he doesn't. He he runs uh, Ghost huge, Village. Ghost Village. Ghost yeah, Village. You're right. Yep, you're right. Huge website. Free copy of his book, right? Free T-shirt for Ghostly Talk. Ghostly Talk T-shirt, and also special edition. I'm having these pressed this week, probably. Special edition. Ooh, I gotta dig. I gotta dig up the little ghosty guy for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a special edition like Windows decals done, like you know, the, like the, the transparent ones, like see-through ones. The cling film or no, the, the cling film? I actual, think. Is it's it cling film or is it actual sticker? It's a cling film. Oh, it's gonna be that's a cling my film. That's a good guy. stuff. Special edition, those things. Well, I don't even know if we're gonna sell those or not. We're just gonna make them for fun because they're right. really cool. Um, that all one package. You get that. I was thinking about going. Okay, first prize. A ghostly talk cling film. Yeah. Yeah. Do I get one? Yeah. Oh, cool. We get one when we do the show. I think oh, we should okay. get one. <laughs> okay, cool. But, um, I want one. I was thinking about doing like a first, second, and third prize. I was thinking about that, but I'm like, ah, no, let's have, you either get it or you don't get it, all right, man? You're going to go for Winner the Winner take all. Winner take all. This all is right. going to be a total, like, just like, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, new, high noon battle with their... <laughs> oh, with that your, whistle was supposed to be the... Yeah, the, I can't do it. I can't. There you go. You got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Total battle for this. And we've had some really, really cool submissions. Um, there's some... I've always liked people that Photoshop video game covers, like oh. video games. Oh, the Atari one is hilarious. I'm dying. I, I think Pac-Man. Yeah, I forgot yeah. who did that, but, I mean, that's that's just that. Well, he did another one, too, for Super Super Mario Brothers. I haven't seen that one yet. Super, he did Super Mario, but Super one. Ghostly Talk. Oh, It's got, like, you know, Mario gosh. blasting through a piece of brick or something with a fireball. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Um, so that's going that's going hot really rod. well. Is it hot, hot rod? rod hot rod? Okay. Thank you. It looks really great. Having a ball. Oh, there it is. I see it. Yeah, that's you see that? That's really sweet. We're lo- I mean, I'm loving that one right now. Now you didn't win. <laughs> you haven't won, so don't think. Oh, they they mentioned my step on the air. I'm gonna win. No, you haven't won yet. We still have other people that want to get stuff. Do you remember the winner for uh, De- or the not, uh, you know Gorilla seventy two or whatever? Yeah. It was the winner of uh, you know Dead Air never sounded so good. Mm-hmm. But do you remember how hard it was to pick that? Absolutely. I remember sitting in your truck for hours. Well, Will's truck. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Driving out to wherever we were going we were, that night. I think we were going to Jackson. Uh, Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. 
Um, and we we went through the whole list trying oh, to figure it out. It was just that was torture. It was torture. To pick a winner. Oh but my gosh. Same thing with this. It's gonna, I think it's gonna be really tough because a lot of the submissions are just phenomenal. They're really it's great. It's gonna be tough again. What I want to do with these pictures too, by the way, everybody is. And the front page of the site, where I have the, the you know, my God, Godfather one I did, the Godfather yes. ghostly talk, which took the, all about five minutes to do. Um, <laughs> I didn't even use Photoshop either. I don't think I used Microsoft Paint or something. I had some garbage <laughs> program. But uh, what I want to do is I want I want to actually get it. I'm going to set up some. We're going to set up a script in there where I'm going to dump all those pictures into a thing like a little receptacle, mm-hmm. so it'll pop a new one up every time you come to the site. I want to I want to feature all those on the site. So everybody, okay. you know, I want to make sure everybody gets the well, credit for them. Well, someone's stuff. gonna have to pull those down and put them somewhere up on Ghostly Talk website. Yeah, because right now they're just all yeah, over I know. the Yeah, that's internet. what I want to do. Um, if anybody has anybody who submitted anything so far has a problem with that, email us, let us know. But that's what I want to do. I think it'd be really cool just to have everybody's cool artwork up there because some of the stuff is just really neat. And uh, we're having a ball looking at all of them too, by the way. So thank you who submitted to the, to the people who submitted. You know what's really really amazing is uh, some of the folks. If if you're if you have it up on a web page that keeps track of stats, uh-huh. and you look at the stats for that file, uh-huh. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's probably getting a beating. Yeah, because uh, we, our website, take quite, <laughs> taking, take, to, yeah. taking quite a beating taking lately. quite a beating, yeah. But thank you for whoever submitted stuff. Thank you. It's thank really you. cool. To, thank you for participating, and hopefully, uh, good luck to you. Yeah, because we're playing God, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna decide who. I mean, there's some really great stuff up there. I gotta say, everybody who submitted stuff is just it's awesome. It's it's so great. It's so hilarious to see our goofy name, you know, on uh, our or even our personal names on some stuff up from what I've seen. Just uh, oh man, all these hilarious oh like things. on the headstone. Yeah, yeah that's really clever. That, ah! Well, yeah, I'm a, little, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about that. That would yeah, that made me a little itchy. But uh, I'm the one who did that. You did well, that you one? Did the, oh, original oh, the original headstone. Yeah, the original headstone. But no, the, the other one. There, okay. There's one with individual headstone. Yeah. They're oh, all great, man. though. They're all great. That was scary. Big month still ahead of us. A couple it. more minutes before we go to break. Big month still ahead of us. we got a lot of guests coming on this month. Um, geez. Well, obviously, we talked about this week already. There's a, we actually added another person at the end of the month. We're going we're to have one more special show. We've been trying to get this gentleman on for like the last two months, and it's just one thing, one thing after another. We think we got him locked in this time. It's, a, it's our friend Edge, who's the Arch Druid of the Hiberian Order of Druids in Ireland. And this is going to be a really interesting talk. There's a lot yeah. to cover on that. But we, we just add that if you haven't so seen that that's yet. That's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Of course, that follows what the... That, oh, he's going to follow uh, uh, Gregory Wright. No, no, no. He's going to follow he Preston presents. Dennett, I think. Oh, he follows Preston Dennett. Preston okay. Dennett's going to be coming out. The, he's going to be the last Sunday of the month. The week before that, oh, geez. I can't remember. There's too many to remember because, now. Because uh, Gregory and uh, Mike and Sylvie Avery mm-hmm. are going to channel Gregory for us, mm-hmm. or with us, and we'll talk to, to all three of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, <laughs> no week this, this, this or no week or no show this month is going to go without saying the name... Uh, Henry Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Mr. really Mr. Henry Rollins. Henry, Ro- I, I, Hank Rollins is coming on the show. We got a lot to talk about, though. The, this, this the, some people are going. Oh, yeah, Henry Rollins anymore. Well, you know what? Um, it's going to be really cool because there's, we can see well, there, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of interesting <laughs> things. I mean, for people who aren't familiar with him, he has a lot of very interesting things to say. Yes, he does. He, he's uh, more social commentary. Yeah. Uh, po- politics, uh, just everyday things. But all this types guy, of things. I mean, that, this guy has done. All kinds of stuff, and is absolutely amazing. And he's really into uh, right now movie reviews on independent film channels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's been into everything. One thing he's not into though is the paranormal. Yeah. I hope we can change that. Which is going to make it very interesting. Is it? That's that's the kind of duality we're going to play with. That let's week. see if we can let's see if we can uh, tell him some of the stuff that we know. Mm-hmm. See if he can apply it to his life and see what see what comes of it. I exactly, don't know. exactly. Why don't we go to break? It'll be interesting. Why don't we go to break here? We got a few minutes, but um, let's take a quick break here um, and get John Anthony West on the phone. John Anthony West. We're going to talk about no, uh, oh, just hang tight, just hang tight. There's absolutely everything. This is amazing. Absolutely, amazing. this week has me like absolutely floored. Yeah, we're going to we're going to have a lot of fun talking to John because uh, West followed by shock in in what two or three days. Yeah. Uh, what a I hate to use a Batman thing, but what about a what a dynamic duo? I'm telling <laughs> this is absolutely I know, I sorry about that. <laughs> Put your helmets on guys, we got a big ride ahead of us. We'll take us out not with the phone, take us out with the audio. Who who's calling in? Somebody from Detroit. Who could that be? I don't know. We'll be right back.
1985 by Nick Schaumper, Indiana Ghost Tracker, www.indianaghost.org, and you're listening.
get up and scream. Get up and burn an X in your head. Okay. I believe this is more ghostly talk happening. Yeah, sort of. And I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm really happy it's a Sunday night. It's a, well, yeah. It's always a pleasure to come here and serve the public. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. We have a ball doing it. Yes, totally we great. do. Yes, we do. Let me go into this thing. I'm going to oh, try even, it again even this Even our week. caller. We, we did have a caller on the break. What was that all about? Oh, it was so much fun. Uh, it was some kind of prank call. Okay. My favorite. What do you do? Well, he suggested a topic. He wanted my phone number, didn't he? Well, unfortunately, the topic was more for the pre-show kind of stuff. Okay. Than, all right. Than the actual show. Well, that's so, cool. All right. Well, have him, have him uh, give us you know give us a call later, and we'll talk about it if you want. Right. Maybe he really wants to get into it. You know, we can we can. I'm sure we have a little bit of experience. Well, if on the he's subject. got any audio pertaining to that topic, yeah, just send it to Will. Yeah. And it'll get on the pre-show. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there we go. Great. Here we go. There you go. Here we go. With that. Drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) That's our fake drum roll. There we go. Here we go. John Anthony West is a writer and independent Egyptologist who has been studying and writing about ancient Egypt for nearly three decades. He is the foremost exponent of the symbolist school of Egyptology, which sees and demonstrates an ancient sacred science where modern academics see mainly superstition. West's work redating the the Great Sphinx of Giza via geology, proving that it must be at least 10,000 years old or older, was the subject of a 1993 NBC special, The Mystery of the Sphinx, hosted by Charlton Heston. Uh, Viewed by 30 million people, this was one of the most successful documentaries ever shown, and it has escalated into a heated international scholarly controversy. And we all know about that. Oh, yes. We've talked about that on previous Mm -hmm. talks. West won an Emmy in 1993 for best research for his work on the video and the show itself. And it was one of four nominated for best documentary program. The BBC subsequently produced its own version of the show for its prestigious and popular science series, Time Watch. Retitled Age of the Sphinx, the show recorded the second highest ratings of any Time Watch episode and generated still further controversy in the English press. Okay. So that means... That's enough. (laughs) There must be some kind of market... Uh, about for the Sphinx. I, I, apparently, so we might as well talk about it. I think. Well, I mean, it's it's a very interesting subject. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, pardon. You, welcome. Sorry. <laughs> welcome well, to the show, John. Oh, thank you very much. My dog is barking. The bear oh, okay. Outside, so. Now, obviously, the first thing we wanted to start with, if this is okay with you, is I really want. I mean. Ever since I saw this special, and I saw this over 10 years, well, it's over 10 years ago now, uh, the special on the redating of the Great Sphinx, it's always been something that's really, I mean, I really got hooked on Egyptology, like I was telling you earlier, four years ago, but this was something that I thought was really interesting, and it's great to have you on the show to talk about this. Um, We're not going to get any email from Zahid Hawass, are we? Zahid Hawass? Probably not, but believe it or not, having seen that video and listening to Zahid going on, you know, since then and a million different shows. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, we've actually, after years of being really bitter enemies, I mean, this is a long story that I will, somewhere along the line, tell <laughs> in a chapter of my autobiography called Kafka Comes to Cairo. Okay. Um, <laughs> but but Zai and I have actually, on a personal level, buried the hatchet and personally get along quite well, and which is hugely convenient because he's no longer trying to get me kicked out of Egypt when I go there. <laughs> Very and convenient. Even, even more so. We go out and have a drink together and then I'll have a dinner sometimes and he gives me permission to take the groups that I lead into places that are normally closed to the public. So it's very peculiar. It's like knights on the battle battlefield in med- medieval times hammering each other with maces and then afterwards they get together and have a drink in the tent. So, <laughs> so Zahi is Zahi is a Strange character, actually, and you probably won't get any calls from him, but <laughs> good, good. if you do, he'll talk about his good friend, John West. <laughs> I mean it. Well, I mean he, it he's, he's got a really tough job. He's a very passionate man. And oh, very passionate. Uh, absolutely. And he's got he's, a tough job. He's cause, explosive. Cause <laughs> that, too. He's, he's got to put up with um, the politics involved with all this uh, research and science and, and and earth mysteries and ancient mysteries. He's got to put up with the politics surrounding all this as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He wants, 
He once said to me, we were having a breakfast in the early days when we patched things up, and he turned to me over breakfast and said, you know, John, one third of my day is taken up answering people who insult me. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I believe it. Well, there's been tons of theories. I mean, I've seen them all where people were actually... (laughs) For jokes, I've seen the Photoshop picture of Zahi Hawass. Like, there was a rumor going around that Zahi had a trap door that went in, in his bathroom. Oh, that goes. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That, 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 that that went under, Larry Hunter. Yeah, it went under. Yeah, some, yeah. He, he's got to put up with an awful lot of, you know, the worst deep end of New Age baloney. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. at the same time, he's not very open to new ideas. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, he really isn't. I, however, I don't know how however, he Mm-hmm. That said, um, as I as I told Scott, one of my principal focuses of of the last five or six years has been so far unsuccessfully to put to cut together the money to get a panel of absolutely independent geologists who've never been to Egypt but who've read something about the subject and are interested in it mm-hmm. over there to Egypt to study the water weathering on site and settle this question once and for all and to have included in the panel a number of geologists who have come out against the, the whole theory. In other words, without that, everybody will accuse me of stacking the jury. Mm-hmm. And Zahi has given me his word, and, and, um, and I think his word is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no written permission or anything like that. But his word that if I get this panel together, he will, he will give us the okay to do what we have to do, which involves no seismographs or equipment. It's purely... Um, it's purely an, in, uh, an in-depth inspection, mm-hmm. and I'm convinced, actually, that if the evidence comes through strong enough, if he gets a dozen or so geologists with the right letters after their names and the right specialties, <laughs> saying, yeah, this thing really is water-weathered the way that Western shocks say, mm-hmm. and that means it is definitely not built by Khafran 2500 B.C., but it has to be older. How much older? That's another matter. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm, I feel... I won't say certain, but I think there's a good chance that faced with that kind of evidence, Zahi will Zahi will turn. He will say, "Well, you know, I never I never heard this evidence this way before." He's 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 got enough wiggle room there so that he can he can get out of it gracefully if it comes to that. <laughs> and a lot of the rest of those guys are much more, um, let's say, philosophically committed to the academic point of view, mm-hmm. and they won't. They'll they'll go down with the ship, and I'll be there to push their heads under it it's it's amazing to see that the way this thing these things pan out because I mean, I've seen this I saw the special and it just it was great and I was they, they showed clips from the actual like presentation you and uh, dr shock set right. up with 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 the, with the actual Egypt how do you say Egyptian Egyptologist. yeah and um I mean the evidence was right there I mean we, yeah. I mean, we, we, I mean, by trade, I told you earlier, John, we're ghost hunters, and what we yeah. do is we go out in the field and we try to scientifically collect evidence, right? You know, through numbers and sounds and all kinds of little toys we have right. out there, right? And we're trying to do it from a scientific viewpoint. We know that's a lot more solid than going, well, I'm a spiritualist and I feel this, I feel that right. there's a ghost here, and that's all the evidence I have, right? That's not going to hold up. We know that it's not going to hold up with anyone. Um, but now you and Dr. Shock go out there, and, I mean, Dr. Shock does a great presentation right on the Giza Plateau next to the Sphinx and illustrates, as a, as a doctor in geology, what water weathering is. That's right. Along with showing, I mean, i got to tell you this, John. I've told more people this theory. Well, I, I don't, I, it's more or less a theory right now. It's not, I, I think, I believe it myself. But I know people, most people would consider it a theory. I've talked about more people about this, explain this to them. Like, well, the Sphinx is only, you know, it's only it's about 5,000 years old or whatever date they throw out. And I'm like, well, wait, you got to think about this. Have you seen this special? Have you heard about these two gentlemen who were working on this thing? And I've explained the weathering patterns, like as far as sand erosion goes, right, mm-hmm. on the rocks. Because Dr. Shock does a really great layout on the special and illustrates how the stones and the, and the native rock in Egypt are layered like a cake. Right? That's right, and some layers are softer than others. So you'll see some right. of these these areas that are carved out, kind of, from the sand erosion, from the sand, like all the sand beating up against it for millions and millions of years. Right? Um, right. Not millions. Well, well okay. Yeah. All right. Well, lots of years. <laughs> long time, real long time. Right. Okay. Um, and then also we we see the uh, and the I love the the word he uses the key word is the undulating patterns. 
right. of these water erosion. It's like little basins being gone through the side of the Sphinx. Um, I've told more people that than I can count <laughs> as far in respect to the Sphinx. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm like, this is really, because this is solid. This is so, I mean, from the approach you guys were coming from, I mean, this is pure science. This is from a geologist who's looking at the rocks, not looking at the Sphinx, looking at the rock. More or less. None of the mysticism right. or the stories or any of that stuff behind there. Looking that's at the right. rock itself. And that's where I was like, okay, now this is the real deal here. This is something that's really trying to look at this from an objective point of view, more or less. Um, and that's what I mean. That's what's really drawn me into this this whole thing you guys have been working on. And to hear that you're going to be bringing another panel together to work on this, it's just really exciting. I'm really excited. Well, this that. is. It's, but so far, unfortunately, if you're trying to prove that the Egyptians actually ate fish, as Mark Weiner is doing, and various <laughs> other crucial matters like that, it's easy to get all the funding you need. But if you're trying to prove something that is seriously heretical, and this we'll probably get into this, mm-hmm. this is seriously heretical. This is not just a quibble between academics about a date, but it's about the whole the whole scenario about of of the of the evolution of or the onset and evolution of human civilization. So this 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 is a real bombshell, and there's an Air Force saying that the uh, the, the slack is heaviest when you're closest over the target. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's about it. You see, if it's, just a, if it's just a bit of a quibble, I mean, Egyptologists argue over how many asps killed Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. There, it can get pretty heated, but not the kind of fury that we get thrown at us. Well, this but is... That's, I'm sorry. That's this a sign that we're, that we're right, over, right on target. Well, this is bigger than just a couple of dates here and there. This what, would oh, change yeah. a lot of things. What does it oh, mean? Oh, yeah. It would change the whole the whole way in which we look at the past, and then by extension, for those intelligent enough to be able to think it through, mm-hmm. um, upon how they look at the present, because we're trapped now in what I like to call the church of progress, in which we think, with the lunacy that's going on, even with the lunacy that's going on in, you know, on every television set and every newspaper and every you know, website in the country, practically, that, that deals with the news, that, that this goofy society with its with its hydrogen bombs and its cluster bombs and its bobblehead dolls and its <laughs> Disneyland is in some sense or another the most advanced that human beings have ever been. And so when you go to Egypt, you've got A, the dating of the Sphinx and mm-hmm. the temples around it. The Sphinx itself is certainly the greatest sculpture on earth, but you could argue that talented people with no particular philosophy or technology could carve it. I mean, it's just an awful lot of work and brilliant Mm. sculpture. But if you look at the temples around the Sphinx, directly in front of it and adjacent to that, just to the south of it, built of these enormous blocks that weigh between 75 and sometimes over 200 tons, Mm. slotted into place like a jigsaw puzzle, and you realize when you talk to people in the field of lifting heavy objects that... um, that we couldn't do that today. They don't have the equipment. They have the equipment that could lift it if they wanted to do such a thing, but they wouldn't know how to rig it. Now, they probably, if it was important to them, figure it out. We can fly to the moon. We could probably figure out how to build those temples. But the fact of the matter is we can't build them today. And if they're not built by the dynastic Egyptians, and we're correct in that the Sphinx is much, much older than that, Mm -hmm. and the temples, no argument about that, are coeval with the Sphinx, Mm -hmm. then it means that the technology is in place Better than ours, and this is only one aspect of the whole of the whole question. Mm-hmm. But a technology is in place superior to ours at a time when there's not to be any when there's not, there's not supposed to be any civilization at all. It was all hunter gatherers back at that kind of time. Well, Mr. So, Mr. West, could it, couldn't it be an, another idea where I mean, is it the issue that it was superior, or could it just be different? I mean, could it just be a different approach to it? Would it necessarily make it superior to what we're doing nowadays? I don't think personally that the building, the structures we build today, can stand an inch next to the Great Pyramid. I, I, oh, I don't. <laughs> no. I mean, well, but apart I'm, from that, they don't have any emotional value. And you see, the thing about Egyptian sculpture and Egyptian architecture from the beginning to the, the final degenerate end mm-hmm. um, is that these things have these things have a power, and you can't miss that power, particularly when you're there. You can you get it from photographs, and you can, to a certain extent, convey it in language. But really, you have to be there to appreciate just what these buildings can do to you, and there's a very good reason for that, and that is that they are based upon a sacred science, which is a contradiction in terms to our rational or rationalistic science. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's a science of cosmic principles and by understanding the laws that pertain to those principles they are able consistently to build buildings that produce in you this tremendous emotional effect I mean very very similar an analogy is music you all know that music moves you oh yeah different music moves different people you know George W. Bush is moved by country and western or maybe twinkle twinkle little star (laughs) more complicated loses him but the rest of us who have our emotional faculties working in better order get moved by Beethoven late quartets or you know the best Mm. of rock and it's it's a different order of it's a different order of, let's say, emotional response. Mm-hmm. But the ability to build those pyramids, in particular the pyramids and, and the temples, is is the result of a profound sacred science that is as scientific as ours, but doesn't leave the heart out of it. So this is, as I said, I mean, we did, we're digressing a little bit now, but this is this is seriously heretical, and of course that's one of the reasons why we get all of this all of this flack, because even if the opposition doesn't and can't recognize what's actually at stake uh, on some subliminal level they understand it and they they realize that uh, basically that if we're right they're in trouble well that ideology right there is i mean is is the result of hours of discussion between myself and doug first of all we've (laughs) we've talked about this idea like you just said and and it's an obvious thing and i don't want to digress too far out of this but i mean I, i work doug works Will works down, we all do this show, we all have day jobs, and I'm pretty fairly certain, I can say this for these guys also, that we go to work for a paycheck. Our heart really yeah. isn't in it. We don't really care about the whole, the greater whole. We just care about our one little function. Let's get that function done, go home, go back to sleep, or whatever we do, watch Star Wars, whatever we're going to do that day. Um, our heart isn't in it. And like you just said, these, the, I mean, the Great Pyramid's the best example, obviously. I mean... It's a huge, huge task. This, the, the, the building, I mean, if I remember correctly, my, I just saw the numbers again today. Uh, an average of the blocks are two tons apiece. Over 2,600,000 of these blocks to construct this giant monument. Um, that's not something you do that you don't care about. But even then, the, the, no, that's right. the Sphinx is even more complex in mm-hmm. that um, underneath the Sphinx, there's a myriad of tunnels and caverns. Well, and no, 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 easy on that one. That's, no, that's, that's, a, that's a theory. I thought they, no, no, I thought they showed on, I thought they showed on a, a thing that I saw on National Geographic Channel, um, some kind of flooded cavern or something. Well, there's a, there is a, to the rear of the Sphinx, there is a, there is a kind of a cavern, and I don't know if it's flooded, but it's close to the, what's now the water level. And our seismographs, I mean, the more, the more interesting one is that under, about five meters of bedrock, there is what appears to be, according to the seismograph, and mm-hmm. the seismograph does not channel and it has no vision, visionary <laughs> capacity. <Right. Yeah. laughs> um, there is apparently, excuse <coughs> me, there is apparently a a chamber of some sort. But this okay. is one of the big bones of contention. That's in the front. That's, a, that's by the pause, right? Under the pause. Yeah, that's the front, right. The front okay. We believe that there is something there. Zahi absolutely. Is I mean he simply doesn't want to know about it and he doesn't want to put a fiber optic camera down there and it's a subject I don't bring up anymore <laughs> un- until I get well it's all right no no you know listen this is this is <laughs> anybody who thinks that scholarship is carried out by scholars and gentlemen is dead wrong <laughs> uh, they're not gentlemen and more often than not they're not really scholars either <laughs> um, but but it, it is a battle and the battle has to be waged both tactically and strategically. So we leave that question for a later time, when and if we get our geo, our, our geo panel over there and they come back with a positive response, and Zahi at some point or another says, well, okay, maybe you guys are really onto something. At some point then we'll say, well, how about doing a little bit more explanation and to see if this seismograph is really telling the truth or if it's a natural fissure or a natural cabin, which does happen in limestone, but not this kind of limestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll say, then we'll explore that. But for the moment, that's that's on a on a very big back on a on a, so a, a back burner that's way at the back. <laughs> One of those other fish to fry first. Well, the <laughs> what would it mean if the if the Sphinx was built ten thousand years ago compared to, to twenty five hundred? Both of them, to me, as a layperson, sounds quite a long time ago. 
No, well, you see, um, 2,500 years ago, uh, or 2,500 B.C., that's dynastic Egypt. And, and, and we all know that dynastic Egypt, I mean, forget for the moment the problems that we don't know how it was done. I mean, we don't know how they moved those giant blocks, just as we don't know how they moved the blocks for the pyramids, even though they think they do. But at least that falls within the context of dynastic Egypt, and they can retain their uh, their evolutionary timeline. It goes from primitive cavemen to smart old us, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and and the the Egyptians, even though they're architectural geniuses, don't have rational uh, specula- uh, uh, speculative philosophy, or <clears throat> what they think, or science to speak of. All of that starts with the Greeks, and the Greeks are basically the the founders of civilization the in the Western sense. Mm-hmm. Dynastic Egypt, by of and by itself, is enough to disprove that nutty notion. And the Greeks themselves were the first ones to say so. They're, they talk time and again about the wonders of Egypt and how their scholars went go over to Egypt to study. Pythagoras, according to a later biography, supposedly studied in Egypt for 22 years before he came back and started teaching in uh, where was it? Croton, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in the island off the coast of Samos, off, off the coast of um, of Greece, one of the Greek islands, etc., etc., etc. But by by throwing it back to 10,000 BC, or I think a lot earlier than that, this means that they've got the whole the whole evolutionary notion of civilization gets thrown out the window. It means that they are highly sophisticated civilizations existing at a time when there's not supposed to be any civilization at all and this is deeply deeply heretical I mean this throws the whole thing of history completely for a loop and so this is this is not to be this is, this well, is not to be just fluffed off they're <clears throat> finding older and older um, uh, remains artifacts. Well, older and That's older right. artifacts and older and older bones and older and older stuff all That's the right. time there was That's one right. found in um, it was either Malaysia or, or around in there somewhere there was uh, uh, some small people <laughs> that oh was, yeah, they, yeah yeah I heard they, about that they right. found that just a little while ago and also they found uh, someone from thousands of years before anybody thought there was uh, people in South America they found some some bones that date thousands of years before they thought anybody right. was in South America. They just did that within the past couple months. Found this. That's right. Yeah, there's a almost every week there's some new there's a there's a general trend, which the I like to call them the quackademics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch re- of those. refuse yeah. to put into its pro- into the proper context, and that is that virtually, I mean, no, almost no week goes by where they don't discover something of that sort, something that's older than it's supposed to be, more sophisticated than it's supposed to be, or occurring where it's not supposed to be. I mean, I follow this stuff pretty carefully, and there's no week goes by. Um, a couple of months ago, they discovered this highly sophisticated, massive irrigation system mm-hmm. on the plateaus of the Andes, 12,000 yeah. feet in the air, where there's not supposed to be any, I mean, any agricultural at all, any agricultural at all, and and I forget when they date it to, but it's, it's way back. I mean, it's anyway two or three thousand BC. Mm. It's, a, it's a long way in the in the past. So this is a general trend, but almost never do any of these guys who are mostly focused on their own little specialty, whatever it may happen to be, almost none of them ever, at least publicly, say, "Gee, we've got this whole big picture wrong." And of course, the Sphinx and the idea that this is built ten thousand BC or late or earlier. <clears throat> really makes a shambles of the whole thing, but what it does do is that it corroborates the the legends and myths of practically every society it ever was, and the Eskimos to the Polynesians to the Hindus. I mean, both both traditional societies that are that are not literate and are not sophisticated in our sense, and the sophisticated civilizations of India and China and uh, Mesoamerica and so on, all talk about great sophisticated civilizations that went down under cataclysmic conditions. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them talk about, have a flood myth. Almost all of them have a bringer of civilization. In Egypt, it's Osiris. In Mexico, it's Quetzalcoatl. In, in, um, in Inca, Inca, Inca tradition, it, it's um, Viracocha. But practically all of them have a bringer of civilization, which is one of the things that the, the people who think that it's all aliens who've done it uh, <laughs> seize on. Um, 
I mean, they, I don't dismiss that hypothesis, actually. I, it's my least favorite hypothesis, but I don't dismiss it because there's too much evidence that UFOs really do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, I prefer to think that it was, and um, we'll get into this later, it's one of the subjects that I mentioned earlier, Scott, mm-hmm. about, the, about the yuga cycle, the Hindu yeah. yuga cycle. It's um, one of those, um, so what I'm looking for, uh, I think that it's that that all of this was done by beings rather like ourselves, but in a much in a much different time in an era where things that are practically unthinkable for us were commonplaces to them. And I'll get I'll get back to that. I hope we've got an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to bring it up here now because it'll be ten minutes of digression. <laughs> well, it's it's a, and that idea right there. I mean, Doug asked that question about you know what is this going to mean. If I mean, if let's just the hyper, like, it means we have to rewrite. We're re- uh, yeah, our history. Yeah. <laughs> one thing, one thing I want to throw out, and I don't want I, you know, I find anybody who does this kind of work, they're fascinating people, and to put their time into something like this, it's something I aspire to do. I really think, honestly, archaeology was my calling that I missed growing up. I should have went with it, but I didn't. I got into computers. But <laughs> okay. no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You wouldn't have lasted. Ten minutes in archaeology because you'd be with some of the dullest, most closed-minded people on earth. Really lively mind. You'd either have it beaten out of you and become a standard archaeologist, or you'd run away screaming and go back to your computers. No, you're in a, you're fine. Well, that's that's the idea right there. Is that you know there's these there's thousands of these people out there doing this work all over the planet every day. And, I mean, I've always was raised, you know, the idea I thought of as a scholar or an intellectual at that with any subject is that you were just supposed to have an open mind about these things and hear different viewpoints where you could possibly learn something new from this person or get a different, you know, get a different idea about it. And all I hear, and I, I hear this a lot, not just from you, John, um, about people going, nope, you're wrong, go away, you're done, yeah, 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 go away, uh, go, I don't want to hear it. You know, there's a line. There's a line that I use in all of my lectures, which is when we get into this discussion that finding an open-minded scientist is about as easy as finding a fundamentalist Christian who loves his enemies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, is I mean, is a lot of this. And I, I, I don't want to use this word, but on the air, but I'm going to use it anyways because I think it's going to have a lot of bearing. As far as Egypt's concerned, do you think it might have a bit to do with ego also? Of course, it's all ego. Okay, because I mean, and I'm going to use Zahi Hawass as an example. I love to watch the specials. I love to watch them on National Geographic. It's one of the closest ties I have to the country itself, aside from getting there, which someday I hope to do that, right? Um, When Zahi's doing his presentations on whatever it may be, um, just any artifact or they're they're uncasing a new mummy they found or a a a new body, um, Zahi is very, uh, he's very passionate. I respect. Oh yeah, he, re- he really is. He's a very good, he's a very good field archaeologist. Mm-hmm. But he isn't a profound <laughs> philosopher. Yeah, he, he's he, he's very passionate about Egypt and the Egyptian oh, yeah. people. He's very passionate really? about that, and everything he says will always point that way. Like my people, my people are beautiful. My people are, and I'm not making That's fun right. of them. my people. Yeah, these yeah. are my people. They come to my heart. They come. I love that part. It comes to my heart. And he's proud too. He's proud, he's and that's proud wonderful. Of that. And that's right. 